0: Welcome in to the Daily Tap for Wednesday. We have a good show today. We're going to talk daylight savings time curse for the Green Bay Packers. Whether it is real or not real, we'll go over all the games. Context matters. It is a absolutely wild stat about the Packers. I feel like a few talk about it, but not enough. We'll also talk about how the Milwaukee Brewers are the good luck chuck of baseball And then lastly, we'll explain why the Badgers deserved a spot in the first college football playoff rankings. I will try not to rant about Cincinnati and Alabama because I know you guys probably do not care. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe. We are on Apple, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. We, We are there. Um, make sure you check it out. Um, we're now linking out our posts on Instagram, uh, Spotify, and Apple because Instagram now allows links, which is great. Um, also, to uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Tabbing the Keg Sports on there, and then Tabbing the Keg on Twitter. So make sure you're following us all across the social media landscape. Let's dive into the Green Bay Packers and this daylight savings time curse. The Green Bay Packers are set to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. It is one of the premier games of the weekend. I would argue that it is the premier game of the weekend. You have a light Thursday night game with the Jets and the Colts. You have... The Sunday night game, losing a ton of luster because Derrick Henry goes down with an injury. I would have said Rams-Titans is pretty much on par with Chiefs and Packers. It would not do the same rating, but if you're talking from a viewability standpoint, I think it would be right there. But now with Derrick Henry out, um, it obviously changes that game quite a bit. And then your Monday night game is the Chicago Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers in what figures to be a very ugly football game. You do get to watch Justin Fields if you're into that. I've watched enough Justin Fields. I'm probably okay uh, with with missing that one as a sports fan. So yes, the Packers are the marquee game, but what's very interesting about this game is that the Green Bay Packers have a current curse that is working against them. It is called the Daylight Savings Time Curse. Every daylight savings time that the Packers play on, as you usually play on with Sunday and daylight savings time, is this coming Sunday. So set back your clocks. This is not a troll like the guys that part of my take do. Um, The Packers seem to lose. Uh, The Packers right now are 0-7 in the last seven games that are on daylight savings time. If you peel back the onion even more, if you go for Rogers' entire career in the first week of November, so that which is daylight savings time, Rogers is three and twelve. Yes, three and twelve in his career. Now two of those losses are not his fault, which we'll get into. Um, there have been some bad things that have happened to Rogers, so that's part of it. But the Green Bay Packers struggle at this point of the season. Now, how can this be explained? Why does this keep happening? Is it just that the rubber meets the road with this team? There is a ton of context that needs to go into this discussion that isn't just, hey, the Green Bay Packers stink around daylight savings time. All right. And two two times there have been buys. So actually, I guess if you do the buys, Rogers would be three and eight. So take away a couple of those losses. So three and eight. No, 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 I got it right. Three and ten, right? Or what did I say? Said three and 12, it'd be three and 10. Hot start because two two times they wouldn't have played and they've been on, Rogers has played now. This is his 16th year. So he's three and 10 in that first week in November. Um, they've had a couple buys, I believe in 2009 and in 2014. So those were the two buys that the Packers have had. But let's go over this. Let's start from last year and move on and kind of explain our way through this. And I'll tell you why. I don't know if I'm fully buying into this curse. So last year they lost Minnesota 28 to 22. Remember that game was a very weird wind game. It was incredibly windy in Lambeau Field. There were no fans because of COVID and the wind was basically tunneling. It was something Rogers had never seen before. Green Bay didn't really have that much of a running game. The Vikings were able to pound the Packers on the ground. Delvin Cook had a massive day on the ground and the Vikings were able to beat the Packers. There was also a look-ahead spot for Green Bay as they were getting ready to play the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday night. The 49ers were the team that knocked them out of the playoffs the year prior. You had the San Diego Chargers. I believe they were still the San Diego Chargers. It might have been Los Angeles. I can't remember. Um, It was a 26 to 11 loss. The Packers looked completely lifeless. They were definitely hungover after beating the Chiefs the week prior. They beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. Then they had to go back out west to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Um, They were definitely hungover. They definitely went out in LA. You could kind of tell. And Aaron Rodgers, some of the comments made by Aaron Rodgers after that game, that was a game Green Bay was not prepared for, and they lost. And they they looked absolutely horrible. One of their worst losses, honestly, in the LaFleur era. I realize they only have seven losses in the LaFleur era, but that was one of the worst ones. And there seems to be one of those every year. And I think the backers have already achieved that with what happened in Jacksonville to start the season. Then in 2008, 18, you had the Patriots who beat the Packers 31-17. to Patriots were just better. It was a Sunday night, primetime, Brady-Rogers. Everybody got excited for it. The Packers had just suffered a really tough loss that kind of dovetailed their season against the Los Angeles Rams, a game that they were in for pretty much that entire game, and then Ty Montgomery fumbles the football, and that causes the Packers to lose. And that sort of sent that season into a basically the the firing of Mike McCarthy. I mean, if you look at where the Packers were at the end of October, early November in that year, it's kind of amazing that Mike McCarthy got fired because it didn't necessarily look that way. It's almost similar to what we're seeing right now with the Minnesota Vikings in the sense that They don't necessarily look that bad by a record, but if you watch them on a Sunday, you're like, oh shit, this team is not good. This team is not connected. This team definitely needs a shakeup. 2017 doesn't count. Aaron Rodgers got hurt the two weeks prior. The Green Bay had a bye heading into Detroit. It was a Monday night game in Lambeau. Uh, The Packers were not competitive. They lost 30 to 17. Uh, Really hard for me to judge anything out of that one. So we can almost throw that out. 31-26 31-26 against the Indianapolis Colts, also at home. They had come off a very tough loss to Atlanta the week prior. This also sort of set in motion a long losing streak for the Packers, which they would then be 4-6, and six, and then the Aaron Rodgers run-the-table would happen. I think it's really interesting to look back at run-the-table, because I think it's been five years, and wonder what, how these five years would have changed had it run-the-table not happened. If the Packers just missed the playoffs that year, it does Mike McCarthy get fired? Does some, a new coach step in? Is that new coach anywhere as good as what Matt LaFleur has been the last couple of years? Who knows? But it's a very interesting what if sliding doors moment for the Green Bay Packers. But yeah, I was at that game. I remember, I think I tweeted something out like Packers by 100. See have a flyover, you're pumped up. Colts returned the opening kickoff and it was on from there. The Colts... Never trailed in that game. They played really well, and the Packers were losers that day. And that was the first time I had seen the Packers losing Lambo with Aaron Rodgers at the helmet quarterback. Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, for that matter. The only other time I had seen the Packers lose was against Matt Flynn. Then the net, the year prior, uh, 2015, they lost 29 to 10. Remember that was a undefeated versus undefeated against Denver. That Denver team was really fucking good. Wade Phillips had a great game plan against Mike McCarthy. They were absolutely in Aaron Rodgers' kitchen that entire game defensively. I believe that Denver team Yeah, that Denver team went on to win the Super Bowl. I'm not going to be crying over that one. That's not one where I look back and I'm like, "Wow, I can't believe the Packers lost." Yeah, By in 2014, as mentioned. 2013, Rodgers got hurt in that game in a Monday night loss. So the Chicago Bears at home, he breaks his collarbone. Packers do lose that game. The last time Green Bay has won in this week has been against the Arizona Cardinals in 2012. And that is where we are. So you look at those seven losses and you really can explain how this all happened. Sometimes it was just the opponent. Patriots example, the Broncos example. Sometimes there were injuries. Rodgers in 2013, Rodgers in 2017. And sometimes there were just weird games that happen in an NFL season. The Colts game, the Chargers game. I, I would put the Vikings game in that. But there are like variables that we can focus on. So yes, this is an anomaly that Green Bay keeps losing this week. But it also seems like the schedule that has not done them any favors. And yet again, we have a schedule where the Packers are playing the Chiefs. Now I know the Chiefs aren't that good, but it's the second game coming off a road trip in Arizona, an emotional win. It is 10 days later. That stadium brings a ton of juice. Aaron Rodgers obviously won there two years ago on primetime against Matt Moore. This will be the first Rodgers versus Mahomes matchup as Mahomes was unable to play in that one as he had a concussion. There is going to be a ton of hype around it. So the Green Bay Packers will not have any sort of hangover effects. If they do end up falling in this game and it's like, okay, here come the Chiefs. I don't think any of us should be surprised. I mean, the Packers have won seven straight games. At some point, you do have to lose. It's part of football. It's really uncommon to see a team only lose one game all year. They're gonna have to lose at some point. So if they do lose to the Chiefs, and we're doing this whole daylight savings time thing again next year, there will be additional context. A, it's the Chiefs. B, it was at Arrowhead. C, it it was a Chiefs team that was fucking desperate to keep winning football games. Right now, if you had to say, who needs this more, Kansas City or Green Bay? The answer is Kansas City, and it's not even close. Green Bay has their division pretty much wrapped up. We just talked about how Minnesota is a mess. Chicago is not a playoff team, okay? They, they'll be lucky to get eight wins. Detroit is, has not won a game yet. The division is wrapped up. Green Bay can can waltz to a four seed if they want to. Not saying that that is the goal. You want to get the one seed. You want to be the best team in the NFC. You want to have Lambeau as the home for the NF, NFC playoffs, all right? But Green Bay does not need this as much as Kansas City does. Kansas City needs to right the ship. Kansas City knows that they have a very tough schedule down the stretch. But it's also possible that Kansas City is just not that good. And maybe the Daylight Savings Time curse can finally get broken. All right, let's move on to the Milwaukee Brewers. It's not really about the Brewers themselves. Granted, I guess it's more about the Atlanta Braves. They win the World Series. The Atlanta Braves have won their first World Series since 1995. You guys might think this is weird of me, but I do think the season's kind of have trends, sports seasons, that is. They have trends. So you have the Milwaukee Bucks, you had have Giannis Kumbo, this team who was built sort of from ground up became the NBA champions. Now the MLB champions are an Atlanta team that has a combination of guys that were homegrown as well as dudes who were acquired midseason. And the midseason acquisitions put Alex Antropoulos as maybe one of the best GMs in baseball. I think you have to consider that. The fact that he had Eddie Rosario and Jorge Soler got in Jan- July, I think you have to give him a ton of credit as to why the Braves won the World Series. And it probably raises some questions with your own general managers. I think about the Brewers and where they were offensively and Rosario and Soler could have been had at least one or the other. And why didn't the Brewers at least explore those ideas? I think David Stearns has to kind of take a long look in the mirror and see what the Braves did here and try to replicate it. Although, I think you're going to have everybody replicating it next year because of the copycat league. So I think it's going to spring more action around the trade deadline and more teams who are not going to give up either. Because remember, that Braves team looked dead in the water. I can remember we were at my bachelor party, of all places, when Acuna tore his ACL. And I was on Twitter just for a second, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Acuna's ACL is gone. And then the Marlins had a shitty tweet about it. And then the Braves got hot. The Braves were the hottest team in baseball down the stretch. And none of us took them seriously. We should have. We should have realized that the Braves were something like 35 and 20 to finish the year. And that was more than enough for us to be like, all right, this Braves team is legit. And they still are. And so credit to them and that they're fans and they get to enjoy this. And I like that over the Houston Astros. And it's yet another postseason failure for Dusty Baker. And Dusty Baker is yet looking for that first elusive World Series. He was the Giants manager when they lost to the Los Angeles Angels in 2002. He is now the manager of the 2021 Houston Astros, who also do not have a World Series win. He also has had many heartbreaks with the Cubs, with the Washington Nationals. Um, this is not the first rodeo for Dusty. He's a good manager, so obviously he's been there, but he has not been able to win the big one. Same could be said for the Milwaukee Brewers, honestly. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers have yet to make a World Series since 1982. They've yet to win one in their franchise history. I've always said that once the Brewers win, the city will be on absolute fire, and it would be to. Tonight, I would be coming to you hungover as shit today, talking because this, this to me would be the pinnacle moment um, in Milwaukee sports. Almost more than the Bucks. Like I love the Bucks. I know how the celebration was, but I'm telling you, the Brewers matter to a lot more people. I'm sorry, they just do. Especially the older generation. They matter so much more, and I, I just think a Brewers championship would bring out so many more people um, than even Milwaukee did. I know that's crazy to think about, given how big the Deer District was and everything like that. But I just think you'd have a larger range of generation. It wouldn't just be the Millennials and the Gen Zs. But the Brewers are the good luck chuck of baseball because you look at what has transpired when the Brewers do, in fact, make the playoffs. This is from Adam McKelvey. And the Brewers, it's just brutal, man. Here, here's what they've had since 1981. 1981, New York Yankees, who they lost to. They lost the World Series. The Cardinals, 1982, won the World Series, obviously, against the Brewers. Didn't get back there until 2008 when they played the Phillies. The Phillies won the World Series that year. 2011, when they lost to the Cardinals. Cardinals then went on to win the World Series. 2018, the Dodgers, they lost the World Series. Remember, that was the infamous trash can gate, if you will. 2019, they lost to the Nationals. Nationals go on to win the World Series. 2020, they lose to the Dodgers And what I can't believe we still call the playoffs. They won the World Series. The Atlanta Braves have also now won the World Series. So if you're doing the math at home, in all of the Brewers' playoff appearances, the team has A, made the World Series, and five out of seven times, they have won the World Series. Man, that hurts. There is something to, like, it's always nice to play the best team in baseball or whatever sport, really. Like, if you lose to the best team, it at least makes you feel a little bit better about yourself. Like, Mitch and I, I think, had the discussion a couple weeks ago, like, would you rather the Brave? does it bother you the Braves are this good or that the Dodgers were beatable? I think Mitch said it's, it makes me feel better the Dodgers or the Braves were this good. Because I think we looked at that series and said, like, wow, the, this is a disappointing year. I can't believe the Brewers offense, there's nothing there. But I think in retrospect, you have to recalibrate it, right? This Braves team was the best team in, in baseball in October. They were best team down the stretch. The Brewers ran into a buzzsaw. And weirdly, they might have benefited more from playing the Dodgers or the Giants. We didn't know that at the time. We saw the Dodgers and Giants who could not lose. But what I think a lot of us forgot is that the Braves found that fire, the Braves found that chemistry, and they were able to rise above it all. So, yes, the Milwaukee Brewers continue to play the good luck Chuck role. We'll see what this offseason brings. We'll see if it brings a lockout. Long way to go for baseball. But I do know the Brewers can be a World Series contender again next year if they put the right pieces together. Finishing up the show, it's a short one today, which is okay. We we can have short daily taps every now and again. That is okay. The Wisconsin Badgers are 21st in the college football playoff ranking. I'm not really surprised by this. I kind of saw this coming weirdly. I was surprised the Badgers weren't ranked after they beat Iowa. I think I might've mentioned that on Monday. And so to see them at 21 in the college football playoffs, which playoff rankings, which now everyone will go off of instead of the coaches or the AP people, is not really surprising to me. I think the reason why is just their schedule in general and some of the teams that they've beat. So they've played Penn State, they've played Notre Dame, they've played Michigan. All are involved in the college football playoff. I believe Iowa is 23rd. I don't know if Purdue is involved, but Purdue is another team that should be considered for the college football playoff. Not necessarily the actual playoff, but the top 25 ranking. Yep, oh no, Purdue is not, not involved. So Purdue is right outside of that. But still, I think you get a lot of credit for the teams you've played. And it seems like the committee has really focused in on the teams you've played. That's why Alabama finds themselves at number two, which is an absolute joke but we don't have to get into that today. So that's why the Badgers find themselves at 21. It's also why Minnesota is ahead of Wisconsin at 20. And I think that is the right move. I think to put Minnesota ahead of Wisconsin at this point makes a lot of sense. The committee is not necessarily punishing the Golden Gophers for losing to Bowling Green. They are rewarding them for beating Purdue on the road, for beating Nebraska, for destroying Northwestern and Maryland. And that's what they were, and the big win against Colorado, which is another Big Ten win. And their Ohio, their Ohio State loss was close. So I think you look at where Minnesota is, and it, it makes sense they're ahead of the Badgers. They have one loss only in the Big Ten West. The Badgers have two. I think bunching all three together is very sound by the committee. You have... NC State, Minnesota, Wisconsin. And I think you could argue maybe that helps Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State all look good. Right now, those three are bunched into the top 10. Penn State is not involved in this ranking at all. And I think that's probably the smart move. Penn State's still ranked by the coaches at 23, but I don't really think Penn State should be in in the conversation. They have, they've lost a few games. They've lost all of their big games besides the one against Wisconsin. They lost to Iowa. They've now lost to Ohio State. They lost to Illinois, which is not one of their big games, but that is a bad, bad loss. So they should not be involved in the rankings. So we'll see how this might help the Badgers from a bowl perspective. We had mentioned that the Rose Bowl should probably be the goal at this point. And one of the things I was going to do with Mitch, and then I decided to pivot to something else, was that Badger fans should really want a Rose Bowl victory at some point. Like, I was looking, I was at the game, as mentioned earlier this week, and I saw that the Badgers have not won the Big Ten since 2012. I asked those about this. I go, they really haven't won the Big Ten since 2012? He's like, no. They've got there a few times, but they don't actually have a Big Ten championship since 2012 that is absolutely wild for as good as the Badgers have been for really the last nine years to think they have not won a Big Ten title because they haven't won that last game in Indianapolis and then you look up at the Rose Bowl another thing the Badgers have been at a couple times and they haven't won a Rose Bowl in a long long time they do note appearances there so the 2020 was up there but the Badgers haven't won one of them in a couple years so I do think that matters. Like I, I, I do think that should be the goal the Badgers are driving to. They have a good team chemistry, the grit factory stuff with Colin Wilder and Jack Sanborn both being football guys of the week, but part of my take, and leaning into that, I think is all stuff that you should be happy about if you're a Wisconsin fan. And that the energy and the attitude that Graham Mertz brings on the football field. He might not, he might struggle behind center, but at least Mertz gives a shit, and Mertz is not a Spencer Rattler type where it looks like nothing affects him. Like, oh, I threw an interception. Oh, darn. Um, That sucks. And Braylon Allen's a stud. And Braylon Allen could be, you know, a Heisman candidate next year or the year prior. The running back resurgence is happening not only in the NFL, I think it's happening in college football with guys like Bijan Robinson, the kid from Ohio State, who I can't think of. It's Trayvon, I think it's Henderson. Trayvon Henderson, like, He's a stud, he's a freshman. I think the rebirth of the running back is not only happening in the NFL, but it's also happening in college football. The Badgers have a real chance at the Big Ten West title. It's gonna probably come down to Minnesota, barring a kitchen sink game from Nebraska. Remember, Nebraska is still looking to become bowl eligible. They have three wins on the year. They keep losing close games. Their one-loss record or one-score record is just terrible. I can't believe how bad Nebraska has been in one-score games. At some point, that that kind of evens out law of large averages. So you will have a desperate Nebraska team coming to town uh, next week or two weeks, I think it's two weeks from now. Uh, They play Ohio State this week at home, which probably won't go well. I do sneaky kind of like Nebraska in that game, just spread-wise. I think Nebraska can keep that one close against the Buckeyes. Buckeyes coming off a, I wouldn't say emotional win against Penn State, but Penn State's a rival. So there could be a little letdown. Noon start in Nebraska. Fans are gonna be fired up for that. Nebraska, again, kitchen sink game maybe for them. So don't sleep on the Nebraska game being a lot closer than the experts think. So, yeah, I do expect the Badgers to have a matchup with Minnesota down the stretch, and it comes down to the Badgers or Gophers for the Big Ten West title, unless Goldie trips on his dick, which they've been known to do before. State of Minnesota is experts at the tripping on the dick uh, thing. <laughs> I don't think it's a thing. And you just trip on your dick, right? Um but that that's basically something we have seen from Minnesota teams before. All right, that does it for our show. We will be back tomorrow with tapping the keg. Mitch and I are gonna talk about why the interconference rivalries are dead. So like bird and magic was a thing for the 80s, or why you don't have it in football. That's that's the topic. I, I knew I had it. It's it is along the lines, but why the NFL doesn't have those same rivalries as the NBA. Um, that they're kind of one of one. We're also going to chat about the Milwaukee Bucks, more so the teams that the Bucks are going up against. I'm going to ask Mitch if he thinks some of these teams are for real or not. We'll have some discussion around the Heat, the Bulls, the New York Knicks who come to town on Friday. So kind of around the Knicks and then the other two, the other teams as well. And then lastly, we'll talk about. The college basketball season and why there's just no juice here in the state of Wisconsin. So that's those are going to be our topics. Um, so I'll give you a little preview there uh, for those who are listening, or maybe you listen to this and then you're listening to Mitch and I, and you kind of this is what sort of sets the table. I, I like I like giving you guys a little morsel when I can, when I actually know what's on deck for tomorrow. So look forward to all of those. If anything breaks, obviously we'll we'll cover that instead. But those are what we're going to highlight. Uh, this week for Tabby the Keg. So stay tuned there. I hope you guys listen. We always appreciate the support for that podcast. It's always good. All right, that does it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow, as mentioned. Follow us on all the socials. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Tabby the Keg Sports. Twitter, Tabby the Keg. And subscribe, rate, review, Spotify, Apple. We appreciate it. We're on other podcasts too if you are into that overcast, Stitcher, the whole shebang. All right, take care, guys. Have yourself a great Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow. See you, bye.